That is real. Okay, we're coming out of the book of Romans, the first chapter of Romans, verse 17. The title of this message today is From Faith to Faith to Glory to Glory. Once again, the title of this message today is From Faith to Faith. To glory, to glory. And I want to pray right quick before we go any further with this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you. Father, we bless your name. We love you, Lord, for what you're doing for us. Father, thank you for forgiving us for all our sins. Father, thank you for the strength that you have placed back within us so that we may be able to take this journey a little bit further with you. Now, Father, we ask that you continue to protect us and keep evil far from us so that we might not be grieved by it. Father, we just thank you right today for all your many blessings. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen like it means it. Amen. Let the church say amen like it means it. The verse, chapter 1, Romans Verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by what? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11.1, and the evidence of things unseen. And the Bible tells us that the just shall live by this unseen substance called faith. Hmm. And it says, through faith, therein is the righteousness of God. Revealed. So it's through the various levels of faith to faith or the righteousness of God revealed. So there are levels involved with faith. And Exodus, example of this is in Exodus uh, where Moses' faith with the ten plagues, it, ban- it, it began with the exposition of the burning Bush. Now, this burning bush that was noted here was found on the backside of the mountain. We, we always meet God on the backside in that place of obscurity, in that place of, you know how it is, when we get trapped off and God begins to speak to us. We know how that is. That's where we meet God at, on the backside. Of the mountain, you know. See, everybody want to be out front. Don't you know? People get killed that's out front. <laughs> Do you know that? I'm gonna say it once again. People get killed who are out front. There is no glory in being out front. That's a very, very hard place to be when you're dealing with the human factor. And when you're dealing with God. 
But here it is, Moses. Now this is what Moses does. Here's a man from faith to faith to glory to glory. Here's a man. And this man was in Egypt living the best of life. He was a stepson to the Pharaoh. And this man didn't know nothing but a good life. He didn't know nothing else. All he knew was the goodness of it all. But one day he went out and he killed the man Moses did. He murdered him because he was doing, thought he was doing what was right. And all of a sudden, abruptly, his whole life changed. See, that's how quick a person's life can change. Let's just take Elder, for example. Here's a man going to meet his wife. She wants to come back up. And on their way, they were going to meet halfway. And they get a phone call. And that's the last time that he hear her voice. Because she was on her way to the hospital. And we went down a couple of times already and prayed over before she died. And prayed after she died. Went back. But here's a man whose life is abruptly changed. All of a sudden, just like that, just like that. And he says to me, Dr. Manley, he said, I'm all alone now. Well, what do you say to a man who just lost his wife for 39 years? I mean, sometimes we're without words, people. Sometimes all we can do is let God deal with it and just don't say much or nothing. Because sometimes our mouth get in the way of what God really wants to be done. So, you know, you got to know when to go and when to fold. You got to know when to speak and to, when to refrain from speaking. And most of us have a problem with refraining from speaking, but, or doing. So, Moses, he didn't refrain himself. What did Moses do? Moses kills him. And all of a sudden, his whole life changes. Now, he's on the run. He goes to a place called Median, where he don't know anybody. And he's there for 40 years being tested. He gets married. He finds a new family. His whole life changes. But then one day, one of the flock that he was tending, those flocks represent those animals, they represent your emotions. Sometimes your emotions go astray, you know, and you got to go looking for it. Anybody's emotions ever went astray and you had to corral it back in? Or am I on the one in the house? I'm in the house. You can talk to me. I ain't mad at you. Hope you ain't mad at me. Just trying to tell you what life is all about. That's all I'm doing here. Through the Word of God, that's all I'm doing. Ain't nothing fancy up here. Ain't nothing up here but the truth. That's all. If you come to hear the truth about us, then let's deal with us. Let's deal with, I say us, you know. There's no big eyes and no little U's in it. It's just us. And the quicker we understand that, the showing up better we'll be. So, here it is, this man. He goes and he, 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 his flock, one of his flock, go astray. And he goes looking for it. You know how sometimes we go looking for ourselves again. You know what I'm saying? After we go astray for, you know. Like, hey, i got to find what I lost within myself. You know, so he goes. He's trying to find 
something that he lost. And he goes to this thing called the backside of the mountain. He goes there, expecting to find what he had lost. But what he found was a burning bush. He, he found a bush that was burning. And it was consumed, or it was consumed with fire, but it wasn't burning up. And that was strange to him. You see, very, very strange to him to run back up on that backside of that mountain where he's intended to find one thing, but he discovers something else that's far beyond anything that he ever thought that he'd run up on. So he finds this burning bush, and it's peculiar to him. He doesn't realize what it is that he's looking at. So he comes a little bit closer, and then he hears a voice. That says to him, take off your shoes, because the ground that you're standing on now is holy ground. I get to scratching my head on this, and I start running reference on this in, in, in the Hebrew on this bush. Did you not know that this bush was a thorn bush that was growing out of the ground? And in Genesis 3.18, the Bible tells us that after we had sinned, after Adam, that's us, have sinned, the only thing that's going to grow out of us is out of the ground, because that's what we made out of, is thorns and thistles. So that burning bush was us. Moses discovered God in himself. That's actually what he, he saw the fire of God burning in this thorn bush called man, but he wasn't being consumed. And that was a strange thing, because the voice of God said, now, you're going to have to take off your shoes because of where you're standing now. In other words, you have discovered something here about yourself. You've discovered that I'm living in you, and I'm not going to burn you up, but I want to consume you. But in order for me to do this, you're going to have to take the shoes off, Larry, that you've been walking in. Come on. And you're going to have to walk naked with me. That's powerful. So Moses sees this. Moses sees it. And he understands it to a proportion that the bush is a thorn bush. And since Moses wrote Genesis, he know what the thorn bush means. <laughs> it ain't like he doesn't know that part of it. But what's peculiar is that he doesn't know why it's not being burnt up. But this thing is on fire. And that's what God wants us to be, on fire. But not burned up. Because our God, it says, is a consuming fire. So the Lord begins to speak to Moses. From faith to faith, to glory to glory. He began to speak to Moses, and he says to Moses, he said, Moses, I'm paraphrasing now. He said, what I want you to do, you know that place you left from, Egypt? Well, I'm going to send you back there. You're going to send me back to the place 
Were these people trying to kill me? And you want me to go back? Yeah, I want you to go back. And I want you to free those people down there called the Israelites. I want you to do that. So, what does God do? God sends him back. And here's where the level from one faith to another level of faith comes. He brings forth ten plagues before the release can come. Before the freedom can come, he brings ten plagues upon the people down there, Egypt. Ten represents unity. See, our faith must be unified in that level with God before anything can happen in our life. It's like being at a carnival. You know how you hit that thing with that hammer? And until you hit it right, it don't hit the bell. But when you hit the bell, you get the prize. It took ten plagues. Well, when the first plague hit, here's what happened. The first miracle came forth. If I recall correctly, Moses threw down his rod. It became a snake. But the sorcerers, they countered by throwing nails down, and it became a snake. So every time we release something in faith, there's something that's going to try to counteract it. And here's where a lot of us falter. Because we expect faith to work without opposition. Faith don't work without opposition. Faith works through opposition. So here's what happens. The sorcerer counteracts the first level of faith here. Well, Moses could have just said, okay, I give up. But he had to go to another level of faith. So, he brings forth the second plague. Okay? It's counteracted by the sorcerers. Mm. Then he brings forth the third plague. And then he brings forth another plague. And it goes all the way up to the number ten. You see... Each level was another level of faith. Are y'all understanding the levels of faith? He could have quit at any time. It's just like going and getting a job. Plenty of people have stopped trying to get a job because, you see, they don't understand from faith to faith. If you want this thing, you've got to fight your way through it. From one level of faith to another level of faith. And in this world today, it's getting more and more difficult for us to live right. All of us. Don't you be fooled. All of us. We are under tremendous scrutiny from the enemy. And the enemy is trying to take every one of us out. And so many of us don't have that spirit of war in them until we get knocked down and we just stay down. We've got to get back up. We've got to look in the mirror. I heard a song the other day by Michael Jackson. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. That's who I'm looking at. He knew he had problems. But he was willing to say, I'm looking at him. It doesn't matter what nobody else thinks. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Because that's the one I got to deal with. That one. That's my greatest enemy, is the one in the mirror. I don't know about yours now, but I know about mine. You see, I know about mine. So, so I can talk about mine, 
and be real. And ask God to have mercy on me. And God said, okay, I'll have mercy on you because you beat your breast. And you say, Lord, forgive me because I know what I am. You see. But some of us in church today, we so, that's why I don't care too much about a lot of these places out here. Because they they so self-righteous until they are rather kill than to heal. But I'd rather heal than to kill. Amen. Amen. So, here we go. The man sees what's going on. And he goes back. And on that tenth plague, God kills the firstborn of Egypt. You know that first thing that's in the world that's got you? That's got to be killed. Once it's killed in that tenth plague, our faith becomes unified with God. And God is now able to do what's necessary to be done. Now, let's get into this word about faith being the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is a substance because it says, now, now, right now it says, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance. It's a substance. That means that it's tangible, yet though it's spiritual. But it is a substance of the things that are hoped for. Don't you know if you can hope for it, that it's available and possible for you to get? But you've got to reach that level. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of the things that are unseen. Talking about a substance. And in this substance, we are able to call those things out that aren't as though they were. As written in uh, the book of Romans, I believe, 417. God called those things out that aren't as though they were. When God saw the darkness... He said, let there be light. He called out the light. It wasn't the light that we see as the sun and the moon and all, but it was him. Because he is light. And in him is no darkness at all. The natural light from the, from the stars and the sun and all didn't come until the fourth day. But on the first day, God replaced darkness with himself. The light of himself. Because the Bible declares in 1 John 1, 5 that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So really God said, let there be me, when God said, let there be light. He brought himself on the scene to display this whole situation. And we'll talk about that deeper at a later time. But right now, we want to understand the levels of faith that the righteousness of God is revealed as we go from one level of faith to another level of faith. The righteousness of God is revealed in us. Why? Because we see more of what's inside of us. We're going to get deep here in a minute. Now, let's go to the the book of 2 Corinthians 3.18. We'll deal with glory to glory. Because you can't have one without the other. 2 Corinthians, did I say 3.18? Are we there? Amen. 
come down here and teach you for a minute. You need to see some stuff here. Now, verse 17, look one up. One, it says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Boy, ain't it good to be free. I'm going to tell you right now. I'd rather be broken free than to have money and bound up. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had both sides. I've had both sides. And I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't no fun to be in bondage. So I like this spirit of the Lord, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Another word for freedom. How many of y'all want to be free this morning? Ain't you tired of being bound up by self? Have to fight self all the time, keep still. Man, this thing's something else, ain't it? Now tell the truth. Ain't it something else? To have to deal with ourselves. Come on, y'all. We, 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 we real up in here. You know, it's something. We do our best. And we still, in our best state, the Bible say, it's all vanity. A man in his best state is nothing but vanity. That means worthless. Without God, we ain't got a chance. But here's what I want you to look at. It says in verse 18, are we there? Look close with me, closely with me. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, but we all with open face. We've got to have an open face. That means that we've got to draw back the veil that covers our inward thoughts and emotions. Amen. Okay? In other words, we've got to be real. Looking at the man in the mirror. Okay? But we all, with an open face, it says, got to be honest. As beholding, it says, taking a close look at, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Now, Let's, let's not run too quick over this. This is what God is trying to tell us to do. He says that we are to draw back the veil that's been covering our inward thoughts and feelings so that we can become clean with life and with God and with ourselves. And he says, and then after we do that, we are to behold, that means look at what's inside. Because inside of us, it says, is as a glass. That glass is like your soul. It hold, is holding something. What is it holding? The glory of the Lord. You see what it's holding there? You see what we're holding inside? Like a glass? And this is what God is trying to get us to understand and to see. So as we get deeper into this, we'll understand why we don't see as clearly as we see what's inside of us and what we got to do. We've got to look into this thing with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to what? So, just as it is levels of faith to faith, there are levels of glory to glory, okay? And what are we doing? We see a little bit of glory of the Lord that's in us, and as we become more clean and get better with this thing, we see a greater degree of glory of the Lord that's in us, and it just... We're growing. We're metamorphosing. We're like butterflies. We're going through a cocoon state, you see. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we'll get to a scripture where it says, even though we don't know what we shall appear to be, we know that when he comes, we should be just like him. We'll deal with that in a minute, Amen. you see. See, right now, what God is trying to do is 
The Lord is trying to get us to see ourselves as he sees us. Here's the difficult part for God and man. Is for God to be able to get us to the point where we can see ourselves as he sees us. We don't see ourselves. He sees us as giant killers. We see ourselves as grasshoppers. We see ourselves that we can't do it. I told Elder Barbara and Deaconess, uh, El- El- Elder Ryan and Deaconess, uh, uh, I guess, what, two months ago, when we stood right here and I said it would be 20 months and we'd have cameras and everything set up. Remember when I talked to y'all right there with that? Okay, God said, that was my thought. God said, no, I'm going to do what you thought in 20 months in two months. And we don't know nothing. We didn't know nothing about doing it or nothing there. But God did. So God brought the money. God brought the talent, God brought the training, God brought it all. And here we are. And now we're going to the next stage, see? Because what I'm learning is this, is that we are continuing to grow. There is no time to take a, 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 a pause on learning. There, there, there isn't, because it's too, it's too much going on. You see, 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 now we're learning a deeper thing of, First response and stuff. See, all that's for a reason because I got all these people when I go out and speak, they're coming back at me and saying, we want to hook, you see, because we've seen that DVD that you gave us and we want, to, we want to be a part of this, you see. So if they want to be part of it, then that means that we've got to step up the game even more. We've got to step it up even more, even more, and even more. Because now you're talking about people that's coming in with millions of dollars who are who 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 like what we're doing because they don't see the I tell you what the man told me yesterday from Maryland that owns the purification company. He said, Look, he said the churches, when it supposed to be farmers, they supposed to be planting. When have you ever known the farmer to plant inside the house? Oh Lord, he just blew me away. He he said, I'm not a preacher but I can put some things together. I said, yeah, I see you can because you're dead on time. When have you ever seen a farmer? See, folk too interested in building big buildings and having big congregations. But the field is out there. That's where we're supposed to be sowing. When have you ever seen a real farmer? And that's what we are. A real farmer don't sow inside the house. A real farmer sow into the world. And that's what we're doing here at House of Destiny. We sow into the world. This is a good ministry of the Lord. And we know it is. We don't have to wonder whether it is. We know what it is to the glory of God. Now, it tells us here that that we are to behold the glory of the Lord in this glass. Because this soul is what's holding this glory. And we've got to look inside of ourselves with an open face. And allow ourselves to be conformed and changed into the image of God from glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Because the Lord is the one that's going to do it, right? Okay, let's go a little deeper. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Let's get some understanding here. Say amen when you get there. I'm not going to be with you long today. 
The Bible says, for now, right now, we see through a glass. Y'all remember that glass that was beholding the glory of the Lord? Remember the glass? Okay. For now, we see through a glass darkly. You see how we see? We're looking at it darkly right now. We're looking into the glass, into ourselves, where the glory of the Lord is. We're coming out of 1 Corinthians 13, 12. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Right now, we are looking through this glass that's beholding the glory of the Lord. We're looking at it darkly. We're not looking at it clear. We're not seeing what's in us clearly. God understands this, otherwise it wouldn't be written there, how we're looking at it. He's trying to get us from one point to another point, from one level of faith to another level of faith, from one uh, uh, level of glory to another level of glory. So what the Lord says, he said through Paul right now. Right now we see through a glass darkly. Why do we see through this glass the glory of the Lord that's inside of us darkly right now? Why is it obscure right now? Because of sin. Sin muddied up the glass. Sin muddied up our soul from being able to see the glory of the Lord that's inside of it. See, it's been there the whole time. Some of us that die with it never know that it was ever there. And that's, like I told you before, the richest, the most wealthiest place is the graveyard. That not 30 yards from us. That's where most people die with their dreams unmet. There is no wealthier place than the graveyard. Because most of us just go through life and we don't, we, 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 we really, we back off life, really. Because life scares us. You know why life scares us? Because life challenges us. And we don't like to be challenged. Because you don't even like it when I challenge you. So you know you don't like it when life challenges you. Because life will challenge you way worse than I will. So be it. Right? You can't tell me what to do, but life will tell you what to do. Buck it. It'll show you right, won't it? But you can't buck it, see? See, if you could shoot God, you'd pull your gun out and shoot him, wouldn't you? If you could shoot God, now don't tell me. You would. If you could. But something we just can't do. But we'll shoot each other. We're trying to keep each other straight. Mm-hmm. And we figure we could get away with God. We'd do it with him, too. Praise God. God is God. And we're just, well, whatever we are, it ain't enough, whatever we are. It ain't enough to handle God. It'll never be either. But anyway, he said, now we see through a glass darkly. We see the glory of the Lord darkly within us because sin. Sin had dirtied up the glass, our soul. And we can't see in it right. You understand? 
But then it goes on and it says in that same verse there, then we'll know face to face. See, there's going to come a time when we're going to see it face to face. The glory of the Lord, okay? He said, now we know in part. Ain't that what he said? We know in part right now because we're looking at it darkly. But then we will know as we are what? Okay. So what God is trying to do is get us to understand who we are and to see ourselves the way he sees us. Then you will know as you are known. So what God is saying that you don't know yourself like I know you. See, I made the evening and the morning. You made you still in the morning. See, you got your day backwards. See, man messed up everything. See, everybody think that the morning <laughs> is the day, beginning of the day. No, it's not. The Bible says the evening and the morning was the first and the second and the third. And You see, it's the evening. That's your best state. That's when you've gone through the process. That's how God sees you. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? See, God don't see you the way you see yourself. See, you see yourself back here. And you're having to get here. No. God already has you there. All you got to do is walk with him. You, you understand what I'm trying to say? That it's already there for you? It doesn't matter what you accomplish down here in this stinking world that we're living in. That's not the issue. It's what you accomplish with God in knowing who and what you are. Because you can spend your whole life trying to become something and end up becoming nothing. Yes, you can now. So wherever you go and whatever you try to accomplish in life, make sure you're taking God with you all the way. Not some of the way, but all the way. Because you're going to need him. You better bring him along. You're going to need him. You better bring him along. I'm telling you, better bring him along. You're going to need him. You're going to need him to get through this life. So this bad boy, try you. Sure will. Right when you think that it won't, here it comes. The test, they got to come. So the Lord tells us that we will be known as we are known. Now, for now we see through a glass darkly. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. But then face to face. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. Mm-hmm. Now look at 1 John 3, verse 1 through 3. And we're going to end on this. 1 John 3, verse 1 through 3. Are we there? Here's what God's Word says. I still hear some pages flipping, so I'm going to wait on them. Because... I want everybody to know and understand what, what, what we're talking about here. Because this is very important. 
to our identity. You see, the biggest problem is that we have an identity crisis. See, that's why as long as we're looking through this glass darkly, we're going to have an identity crisis. And wherever we have a faultiness in our identity, that's where the devil is going to play on us. How many of y'all know that? They call cracks in the armor. They are the cracks in the armor. That's where, that's where it gets through to us and messes up. Behold, 1 John 3, verse 1 through 3. It says, Behold, that means to take special attention, pay special attention to. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the who? The sons of God. Very important fact there. That God will call us the sons of God. The word sons in the Bible means builder of the family name of God in the earth. So, the reason why Jesus was called the Son of God is because he was the builder of God in man. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying here? I'm breaking this thing down and giving you understanding this morning. Not just theology. But giving you revelation. The reason why Jesus Christ is called the Son of God is because his mission was to build God in man. Okay? He is the firstborn of many what? Brethren. Okay? Now, we are the sons of God. What manner of love? have the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the builders of God in man. Because that's what we are, sons, right? So that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be building God in man, not building theology, not building church, but building the kingdom in man. See, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing now, y'all. We're supposed to be building. In other words, we're supposed to be giving people their identity of who they are in God and who God is in them. That's our job. That's our mission. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So the Lord says, even though it does not yet appear. Go up here and read this because he said, What manner of love, behold, what manner of love have God bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? And although it does not yet appear what we shall be, mm-hmm. therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Behold, it goes again, now, right now, verse 2, are we. It didn't say later, did it? It said, now are we the what? So we're supposed to be working. Because the word son means builder. And builders are workers. Do you not know that the book of Corinthians tells us that we are co-laborers with God? Laborers do what? What do you do when you go on your job? Well, why is it that we can go on our job and work for man and we can't do it for God? Why is that? Hello. Uh oh. Uh oh. We will we, we will make sure that we get on that job 
and do that job, won't we? But we're not that adamant about God, are we? Now, something is missing. And we're going to get better. We're going to get better by and by. After life teaches us the do's and the don'ts. Behold now, are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, in other words, when we become face to face, Remember 1 Corinthians? Face to face. And then we will know as we are, what? Known. When he shall appear, we shall be like who? Well, who is he? Don't be scared. Say it. <laughs> y'all ain't got y'all scared to say it. See, see, you, see, here's the problem. Now, I'm going to go. See, uh, see, this was church folk. Let me hit. If you're scared, you get in here. You'll be all right. Okay, let's go back over to a book time. Because I don't want you to be scared of this. It says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, right? Amen. And even though it don't yet appear what we should be, but we know that when he shall appear. Now, who's going to appear? Who? God. Say it. God. Now, who is saying we're going to be like? We shall be like who? God. <laughs> For we shall see him as he is, right? Amen. Okay, so did y'all not know? You understand who you are? Amen. You shall be like who? God. That means you're going to be God too, right? Because he said it. He said it in the book. Know ye not that ye are God's? But you shall die like men, he says. That's what he says. See, see, church folk, see, that's too heavy for church folk. See, you tell church folk, that, and it's right here in the Bible, he just showed it to you. And you show that to church folk, and church folk, oh, blasphemy. No, you just got to realize who you are. You're in a metamorphosis stage. You're going to have your little section you're going to rule over too as God. Oh, yeah. That's in the book. See, see, you, you it's a whole bunch of stuff in this book that that, that, that that theology don't want you to know. So you go there and you get the same message every week. You know when the you know when the organ gonna play, you know when they're gonna go to all our hearts, our hearts, our heart, or ba 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 you know when they're gonna do all of that. But you don't know who you are or what you're going to be. And this is our job to teach you the word of God. Because when he comes, he says, we shall be like who? And who is he? God. God. Now, that's the word of God, right? Now, it doesn't mean that we will be God, but it means that we will have a function like him. We will always be under because we're just his children. That's all. But. Let me put it to you like this. Okay. How many of y'all got boys? I'm talking to the men now. I'm talking to the men. We got boys, right? Your seed is the only thing that had anything to do with that. That woman's blood ain't got no, nowhere in that child. That's why they take the father's blood. Okay? Now, 
That child comes up as a baby, right? But what does that child grow up to be? A man just like you, right? Okay, I rest my case. If, we're the, if, if, if your child is your offspring and he grows up to be a man, if we're God's offspring, what do you think we're going to grow up to be? Why would it be any difference? Why? Especially when the Word of God tells you that even though it don't appear what you should be, man, when that change comes, you can bet. You can bet this thing, go, oh my God. See, that's the glorious part. About, I'm talking about from glory to glory. See, that's why it's so important for us to find out what's inside of ourselves. And that's why the demon is trying to keep us all from getting to that point of seeing and tapping in to who and what we really are inside. So it would, ha- it would rather have us look at our circumstances Amen. instead of our positioning God. It wants to keep us down all the time. It wants to keep us, well, we ain't got enough money to do this, or I don't have no husband, or I don't have no boyfriend, I don't have no clothes, I don't have no food. And God said, all you got to do is trust me. If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6.33, all these things will be added unto you. All of them, not some of them. All. But what do we do? It's difficult. It's difficult when you're in the fire. To take it, you want to jump out, and most do. But if we can learn to stay there in that fire and get purified, like that burning bush, mm, the thorns may be there, but the fire will handle it all. And that's the good part about it. Amen? Y'all give God some praise. before about the Word of God. Amen. I'm I'm glad we got a lot of scholars in here because I only saw two or three hands. Praise God for the scholars. Amen. Amen. Uh, Amen. (laughs)